I started watching Hit Monkey. Have you heard of this? Oh, uh, yeah. It's a Marvel show, right? Yeah. It's pretty cool. I watched the like, first season, maybe? Oh, you've seen more than I have. I think I've only seen two episodes so far, but I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was well done. Why don't you Why don't you describe it? Describe Hit Monkey. What What What's its um What does it do for fun? What's like his deal? <laughs> uh, vengeance. Oh, vengeance. Mm. Huh? A hit A hitman dies amid these Japanese snow monkeys and the whole troop of monkeys, except for one get killed in the crossfire with these other hitmen and so the surviving monkey goes on a vengeance killing spree this is amazing with the ghost of the hitman as his guide that is fucking awesome played by Jason Sudeikis oh nice I think Japanese snow monkeys might be the most racist-sounding, non-racist thing you can say. Snow monkeys? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. Not racist, but it definitely sounds racist. <laughs> I heard that Jason Sudeikis played the, uh, the one-quarter portion guy. What show is this? What are you talking about? Oh, from the, uh, from the new Star Wars things? Or was that, um, someone told me that Simon Pegg played the one-quarter portion guy, which I just don't understand. Doesn't sound like him at all. What is oh, a one-quarter yeah. portion guy? So in in episode, well, that be episode uh, seven, seven. Yeah, where you forget, like uh, on the on Jakku and Ray's in line to get like her her meals for the day, and there's a guy in the middle of this booth, and he's the one that calls the first order on her. Hmm. It, it, it's a, it's a big CGI creature, or it might be a practical effect, but I doubt it because it's Star Wars. But big creature in the middle of it, and he yeah, it's played by Simon Pegg. Yes, mm. I, re- I remember that. One quarter portion. Okay. That's a pretty big get for, uh, oh. for that guy. You know? They have this one animatronic I didn't get guy. it at all until you said that. Yeah, one quarter portion. Come on. It all it clicks. immediately made yes. sense. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely thought you were still talking about something like Marvel superhero. I'm like, who is one quarter portion, man? <laughs> yeah, like, what's his power? <laughs> he... It's just a leg. I can live off of a quarter of what you <laughs> eat. You know, I was played by Simon Leg. <laughs> Meg, you there? I'm here. Hi. Hi. If you were one quarter portion man, what would your superpower be? Uh, I think you've exhausted the joke, actually. Ouch. I've been listening for at least uh, at least three minutes now, so you guys you guys hit all the bases. Well, well, way to deflate the room there, Meg. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. So you're trying to say <laughs> that you're only eleven minutes late? Sorry, my kid has been absolutely banana sandwich today, and I have been deflating the room all night in an attempt to get him to go to bed. So that's banana my superpower. What's yours? Uh-uh, uh no, uh-uh. You don't get to twist deflating the room into a positive thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is when your three-year-old won't shut the hell up. I guess better than deflating the three-year-old. Yep, there you go. I'm going to go grab an ice cream. I'll be right back. No, no, no. What? You should have pre-planned that fucking ice cream trip before you showed up. Maybe the ice cream man's just coming by. I want, I'm going to go. See? See? Now John's getting an ice cream. What did I tell you guys? <laughs> I want an ice cream now. 
I mean, you called it. Well, somebody better bring me an ice cream. You definitely called that one. What? Who called what? Oh, nothing. Oh, uh, whenever you go get snacks, John's like, well, fuck it. I want, I want snacks, too. All the Grundy want pants, too. I got a hagen and I'm ready for some courtroom drama. Not a sponsor. Oof. Please sponsor us. You know what I could do with fucking that many ice cream pops? Yeah, hagen Oh, my God. Fuck yeah. Sounds delicious, Meg. Oh, it's fantastic. You want me to chew closer? Please don't. You know how hard that is to take out? Why do you have to chew ice cream? <laughs> I've been building, uh, I've been taking all your crouches and uh, putting, making a folder of them. Yes. Oh, great. Good. So I'm going to release this as a Patreon bonus is the, the Meg Crunch um, track folder. Please don't do that. Oh, Maggie, you're going to have some happen. weird fetish websites dedicated <laughs> to you. I am oh, not, not into that. If I have to listen to it, so does everybody else. Well, or not. Or we could not. Well, Meg, how's your life as a uh, ASMR OnlyFans host? <laughs> How the hell is everyone doing? Present. Attending. Snacking. Wow. Ooh, you all said something. That's okay. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, it's been fucking crazy life stuff, so it's good to get away for a second and uh, dissolve into um, make-believe land, where I do have a modicum of control over what the fuck goes on here. Modicum sounds like a transformer. Is that just because you're looking at the channel that has a Transformer GIF playing on repeat? <laughs> it, I mean, it could. it's like 50% that, I think, yeah. <laughs> Meg was late, so I posted a Megatron GIF. She loves it. He's turning into a giant sniper rifle. Gun. Sniper pistol? It's definitely a pistol. With a sight. Yeah. Wait, 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 hold on. Wait, Meg doesn't know what Megatron turns into? A pistol? I'm pretty sure it's not every time a sniper pistol with a big old silencer <laughs> on it. It's a shark. <laughs> I think that is actually what he always turns into. Is it? Yes. Yes, it is. I don't even know. You guys know more about them old shits as me. <laughs> well, I know he's a Tyrannosaurus Rex in Beast Wars. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> but yeah, Megatron turns into a pistol with a scope and a silencer and like a shoulder brace and all the other things that you could add on to it, possibly. All of the illegal things from the ATF. There's $200 tax stamps each time you do that. It's like a fucking two-year application. Uh, interesting note, uh, Transformers, the cartoon, was not filmed in the state of California. That makes actually a, a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Where was the cartoon filmed, Wes? I don't think it was at all. <laughs> That's super illegal here. And as we all know, Transformers film live on location on Unicron. <laughs> yeah. Unicron. <laughs> I just heard you Google See? that, Wesley. <laughs> That's definitely not what that quick typing was. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could turn it into a gun. Welcome back. Up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> Welcome back. This is episode 21, I believe. You guys had come back from investigating Morast and 
did a bit of investigating back in the city, looking into the owner of the tools that you had found out there. Tools. Tools. <laughs> Are we going to do that every time? Um, did we? <laughs> Rag on Adam Driver. It's the first time. Ghouls. Tools. Fools. I'm not ragging on him. No, it's props to him. It's more of a tribute. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. Ghouls. <laughs> What's up, Adam Driver? Thanks for listening. Yeah, he's a $10 subscriber. I don't think we can say that. <laughs> we don't know that it's not true. We are pretty sure that it's not true. I never look at that thing, so you never know. <laughs> and um, at the end of the paper trail, a mile long, going through different buyers and sellers of these tools from the manufacturer to multiple retailers and vendors and head shops, you had finally found the name of somebody that bought it that probably wouldn't be reselling it. It's not a... Uh, tool company uh, yeah, everyone else was like shops and auction houses and resellers. and at this point it is 8 o'clock in the morning two hours from the deadline to enter evidence and the beginning of the trial first day of the trial well we should really get that evidence in do we not want to follow this last lead it's a good point I don't think we have time Sorry, what, what was the point of everything we just did if not to go find this guy? And would we have to roll a d4 to do this next step? He gave you a name of the company. He didn't tell you where it was. Uh, so you would have probably have to do some digging to find its location. And how many hours until we have to submit evidence? I'm sorry. Two. And would this take a d4 hours? Yeah, I would uh, probably align it with what you guys had been gathering information just previously. Same concept. So we can't risk that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I guess I'm wondering, could we roll it, and if it's anything over a one, we we spend an hour and a half searching, and then eventually go, oh shit, we gotta get to the trial. Let's go turn in our stuff. But we at least make the attempt. I'm down for that if John allows it. Yeah. Okay. Who wants to roll it? Wes, would you please do the honors? Alright, come on, my power of rolling ones. Pew. Nope. Three. Three. Yeah, so you think you're... But you're saying you would have probably, after an hour, called it a quit? Yeah, so I, I guess what I'm saying is the roll is representing how long it would have taken us to do it. And we're giving up like an hour and a half in, so like we probably didn't even get a good lead on where to even look. So we essentially just wasted our morning, the rest of our morning, trying to find that out. Right on. So instead of following other leads, or like like I said, following up on the circus, we could have used our time to so do So an that. hour and a half? Yeah. Okay. Or, or an hour. Or, or however much time it would take us to, to, to walk over, you know, to, to get to the courthouse and turn in evidence. We walked back and forth there enough. I think we know how long it takes to get to the courthouse at this point. And... Sorry. I don't know why I just ate a mouthful of peanuts. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> well, we don't we don't want to overcomplicate things here. If you have uh, you know better game plan, let us know. Um. So, man, 
peanut butter. Yeah. You run into dead ends trying to find this chemical company before Stag and Grind's chemics work. And with about an hour left before the deadline for evidence and essentially the beginning of the trial, you head back to the courthouse. Uh, they are on high alert right now, and uh, it's only by having Zeke with you that uh, they really let you in at all, probably. Well, you know they are letting in spectators to this trial, uh, but it's a limited space in the courthouse here. It's not that big of a building, even though it is the biggest building in the square. But you have a difficult time getting through the crowds out front that are gathering in front of the punishing man, Effigy. But you are able to get in and speak with the barrister to present evidence to him, or what is it that you say to him? So, Rod, did you want Zeke to kind of lead the... be, be the representative, because we know the barrister's shit? I'm um, sure, if you want me to. Sounds fine. We'll walk into the barrister's office. Uh, wait, do we present our evidence with him, or we formally submit it with the court? You would know there are clerks that the physical evidence would have to be given to. Um, sure, we will submit all of our evidence. Do you want, do you want me to list that off? Uh, sure, go ahead. We would submit everything that we found in the graveyard, which is a bloody sack containing 50 feet of rope, a gag, rusted lantern, three heavy knives, and a rusted shovel as one exhibit, a broken glass vial containing a dark vision extract, a leather-bound darkwood case containing a surgeon's tools, or how, what do you, what, uh, Kai... Chirurgeon tools? How, how did you... Did you guys ever come up with that? Uh, the way to say that? Chirurgeon. Chirurgeon. Chirurgeon tools? Chirurgeon. I didn't, I didn't know how to spell what that. A dumb so, word. But surgeon, surgeon's tools. But, you know. It's all okay. A moldy leather bag containing an artisan's outfit and a severed human face. Boom. And uh, a water skin full of wine. Fuck it. We found it. It's going in there. It was on the loot page. The clerks are these five elderly, pale, kind of bookish dudes that are really, like, ensconced in their work and... Ensconced in their work? Does that make sense? It does now. Isn't that, like, what you do with torches? <laughs> um, well, they're, they're the lights of justice. <laughs> Entranced? They, they talk in a lot of legal jargon and, um, like, go roundabout way of saying everything. And they accept your evidence... Um, Entrenched. Yeah, that's a good one. Sorry. I see we will also submit the list of witnesses that we'll be calling. Actually, like, I kind of imagine you'd need to work this out with the barrister before doing any of this, since he's the one that's supposed to be doing that kind of stuff. Ensconced actually works. (laughs) (coughs) Establish or settle. Hell yeah. In a comfortable, safe, or secret place. (laughs) Hell yeah. Nailed it. Comfortable, safe, or secret, huh? Yes. Ugh, sounds grimy. So yeah, how are you going to approach the barrister, is what I want to know. Stealthfully. Well, <laughs> Sneak up on him. <laughs> <laughs> stealthfully. Um, I was going to go with diplomatically, but stealthily works. Yeah, well, I guess what do you say to him is what I'm getting at. They let you in to go speak with him. What's your approach? Um, 
What is his, uh, what's, what's the barrister, like, look, what, what's going on in this room? When I walk into his room, like, is he frantic? Is he calm? What, what's his state of mind? Uh, you'd knock on the door, they probably wouldn't even pay no mind to it, and you'd have to, like, open it up, and you see him frantic, going through papers, he's, like, sweaty, and he barely notices that you've opened the door. Uh, good afternoon, barrister, I presume you have your case prepared and ready to go. It's 10 a.m. Good morning, Barrister. It's 10 a.m. now. I imagine it's right before that. Yeah. We'll uh, catch that in post. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm here for you. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. Don't worry. Don't you worry about me. I'm, 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 um, I'm going to be just, I'm going to be just fine. You, you seem to be dripping on all the paperwork. <laughs> He pulls out a handkerchief and pats his forehead. We are here to help you. Sid's gonna cast Mage Hand and just kind of like dab his forehead from from a distance. <laughs> what, well, what do you what do you have to offer? Ah, uh, well, we were coming to check in on your progress and um, just see about how you how you're feeling. See see what's gonna how it's gonna how the trial's gonna progress today. Seems like you're in a bit of a frantic state. I'm, I'm, I'm just—I get a bit nervous. It's, it's not a big deal. Um, I, I think the trial will go as it is supposed to. It doesn't look very good for the for the for the for the beast, though. Did you, uh, did you happen to look at the evidence that we just submitted? I think that we would, um, at least walk him through. The evidence that we found, the evidence that we just submitted, even if we would have come to him first and uh, shown him the evidence, explained all our pieces, uh, he seems like he doesn't have a good defense or like why we would have that. Maybe we can suggest our group as co-counsel, let him handle the filings of the paperwork that he knows how to do in and out, and we can handle the explaining the evidence and making the case. You must understand, Barrister, that none of us uh, necessarily doubt your abilities as a lawyer, but we seem to have a more hands-on feel for what at least happened in this case. Do you think there's any possibility that um, we could take over this one? And you could help us out with the administrative duties. If you show him all the evidence and go through that first, uh, he'll be a lot more uh, amenable to that idea. Uh, why don't you roll me a diplomacy check? Diplomacy. All right. And anyone can aid if they want to add in to that by saying something. Please aid. Stormak will say, Mr. Barrister, I have a point to make for the rest of the day, and he turns and addresses the whole room. If we are defending Tim, we cannot refer to him as the Beast. He has a name, and calling him the Beast undermines his... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on a word here. Personhood? Line? At- autonomy? Autonomy? <laughs> Sovereignness. Sapience. Individual Sapience. individuality. <laughs> Identity. Yes. Bare necessity. <laughs> His case. Wonderful. Great. Now this can't get edited out. Shit. Viscosity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about viscosity. 
Gross. It makes him droopy. Gross. gross. <laughs> Super gross. Only grind him into a liquid. Anyways, Stormak makes a point that we can't call him the beast. We have to call him Tim. I fully agree with you, Stormak. Humanizes our client. It's the only way to get it across to the, some of these heathens out there. All they want to do is burn him. Barrister, do you, do you know exactly what Tim is? Other than the, quote, beast? Uh, I, I, I'm some kind of undead, I, I imagine. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Hmm. Interesting. And the evidence we just presented, that, uh, that vial, perhaps, we explained it contained a dark vision vial. Do you know why that might be important to Tim's case? Uh, uh, not, 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 not quite. You do have some experts in the room. Maybe we could assist with that. Is that you uh, aiding on diplomacy? Yeah, it's the aid. I was hoping to do it from like a maybe like a knowledge arcana where I'm like, hey, I know about the magic and I know about the golem and I know about all this stuff that's my specialty. Sure. Nineteen plus something, but whatever. It's an, <laughs> that aids. All right. Anybody else? I went and rolled diplomacy like a chump. I should have rolled a skill I was good at. <laughs> As a diplomacy, it would still be a 17. All right, so Surat, let's see that diplomacy check. So this is a plus 8 on top of a d20, and let's see what happens. You have one aid to that. D20. Oh, fucking son of a bitch. It's a natural one. <laughs> Which is, uh, there's plus 8, it's a 9. Plus two for the aid. Do we have a reroll card again? <laughs> you got the um, inspiration too, yeah? Um, what I do have is I have a trait called Inspired. And my trait for Inspired says that I, through a f- positive force, philosophy, or divine presence, fills me with hope and is a guiding force. Uh, once per day as a free action, I can roll twice and take the better result on a skill check or ability check. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's try that one more time. Oh. My. Fucking God. <laughs> I'm not even sure that's possible. That's another natural one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, well, if you add inspiration, uh, it might be better than a nine, at least. All right. Sure. Did Flora aid? Can she roll on her own? Right. I also don't think he added. It was an eleven with the eight before. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Which I just rolled um, a four on a d six to make it fifteen. The Berser will gladly let you guys kind of take over and run shit if you want. Roll with a fifteen. Oh, is that what did he get? It was a fifteen total. Nice. After burning a bunch of my dailies, <laughs> and it didn't even work. <laughs> All right, it, it wasn't any better. I rolled it did work. Two natural ones though in a fucking row. <laughs> um, what are the fuck? I see what you mean. Yeah. That's fucked up. So you get him the evidence. You talk to him about the witnesses you have in mind, and you know, at the end of you talking to him, he's like, you know, maybe it's better off. That you guys just take over because you obviously know about all the points you want to make more than him. And it is not long now uh, before the trial starts. Uh, he gets all the physical evidence turned in to the clerks. And is there anything 
else you guys want to ask or say or do before going to court? Sigh exasperatedly. <laughs> Sweat. Stormac wants to know how Tim is going to be brought to the court um, and if we can be part of that. He will tell you he'll be brought upstairs, restrained by town guard. He'll be restrained in the courtroom. Can we be part of that? Stormac wants to kind of bodyguard Tim. Yeah, he's like, I don't really have a, a, a say in that. Um, yeah, maybe Zeke could get Stormac in on the guard detail for that. Well, of course, Stormac. Uh, just got to get down there and make sure that he gets up here safe. Seems like this town's going crazy and trying to burn this man for no reason. Exactly. I'd like to ensure that he has a fair trial. Is it possible we maybe convince the guard to not walk him in in restraints? I think that might bias against our client. I don't think there's any way they would do that. Uh, I do. That's definitely not possible. 100% no. Alright, well, I should go find Tim then. I know the way. And Stormac heads down there. So we'll get Stormac on the guard detail. Gustav Cable will fill out whatever paperwork needs to be done real quick to get you guys on the defense team. Team? Submit a motion for change of counsel. There you go. That sounds good. And you enter the courtroom. Oh, shit. Here we go. As you uh, come out of the barrister's office, which leads pretty much right into the courtroom, there's not a lot of seats in the actual courtroom itself other than some tables for the defense and the prosecution and then maybe four long courtroom benches for witnesses only and above in the back of the room there's a large like stadium style area that goes up and back with lots of seats for spectators and people just coming to watch the trial as you come in you see those seats are packed full with townsfolk and people from out of town, probably even with all the people coming here just for the trial. They're like stuffed in there as much as can be safe and there's town guard on like either side of the large seating area, keeping an eye on things, yelling at people every couple of seconds. And you come in, you see in the seats in the courtroom itself, what looks like a number of people from Morast, they're kind of dressed similar to Joral, Joral and Lasney, which you also see there. And as you make your way to the defense table, a lot of people up in the bleachers. High school basketball game. Start booing and like counting out insults because they know that you're defending the beast. After a moment, Cable sits down and there's chairs for the other three of you. You would have had to leave Daisy in the barracks again. Unfortunately. Yeah, she like... If that's all right. I think she probably would have already been walking there as soon as we got to the building. That's where she knows that she belongs now. She what gets if I call her as a witness? They've given her cheese. <laughs> Can we get her a job as the bailiff? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's nothing in the rule book that says the dog can't be a witness. <laughs> Closer? Warmer? Speak with the animals is the thing. Cable sits there silently, and after a moment or two, the beast is brought into the courtroom. His wrists are chained together with multiple sets of manacles, kind of daisy-chained. 
and those are chained to his feet, which are also chained together, and he's shuffling along with four guards on either side of him. Am I one of those guards, or am I the fifth? You are one of those guards. As you were down there with the beast, he was happy to see you and really scared, and the other guards that were around you weren't really interacting with the beast at all. They were, like, staying quiet and kind of all about the job until it was time to bring him up here. Good. And they sit him down in a large chair in the middle of the courtroom in front of the defense and prosecution tables, but in between them and the judge. There are three judge seats, which get filled up next. As you see Judge Dermid come out, Zeke would recognize the judges, I'm sure. Uh, Judge Ambrose Card, Chief Justice, Casp Aldar, and Embrith Dermid. They come out one at a time and sit down in front of the court. And there is also the Holy Sister of Justice, a priestess in gray robes sitting along the side of the judge's podium. And the herald of the court is a large man in black half-plate armor with a full face visor. He has a massive great sword that he's like kind of resting his hands on in front of him. And he's standing next to a big gong. When the judges come out, he <laughs> hits the gong. With his sword? There's a hammer, like a mallet, next to the gong. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I like this procedure. It's pretty cool. We all stand. They ring a gong. It's, uh, it's cool. Bang a gong. <laughs> and after a moment, you see the prosecutor come out and into the courtroom and sit at the table next to you guys. Hi. <laughs> Flora breaks the awkward tension You see Prosecutor come out and sit next to you And to Your presumed Surprise It is A Divian Adresant Ew No That fucking guy We don't like him He's wearing a fine gray suit and his hat and glasses. His gray top hat. That fucking... He tips it to you as he sits down. Oof. Well, I don't have the recollection that these guys do. We're probably friends, for all I know. The beast is sitting in his chair, just despondent. His head's down. He's kind of lowly doing that laugh cry that he does. And... People are booing and in throat, like yelling out nasty things at the beast. Until the herald finally hits the gong three times in a row. Chief Justice Ambrose Card stands up. Ladies and gentlemen of the court, I will have order this morning in my courtroom. We know that this beast is doubtlessly responsible for numerous murders. Lots of you have suffered at the hands of him, presumably, but you will control yourselves. These proceedings will focus on only three recent cases. That was a little biased from the judge, but okay. Yeah, objection, argumentative. Right? (laughs) Speculation, too. Jesus Christ. 
Where's the predication of the presumption of justice? Presumption of innocence. Oh boy. He said presumably. <laughs> if you've ever been in court, you would understand where I feel. If you've ever been in modern day Earth court, you medieval fantasy person. Yeah. <laughs> there would be no fabrication of facts, no use of magic of any kind, and we will know. We will have a clean, smooth trial, and we'll have no problems. And he looks at the prosecution and the defense tables, and he's giving you guys a look. Like, what? control yourselves, behave yourselves kind of look. What? Says Flora. Not out loud. She kind of whispers it. <laughs> what? We'll begin with the opening statements from the prosecution. Uh, Mr. Hatcherson. Adivian tips his hat to the judge and stands up. He's uh, very calm as he goes up in front of everyone and says, Ladies and gentlemen, we all know why we're here today. Simply to close the book on a story that we're all tired of hearing after so many years of suffering at the hands of this monster. Even though we're only focusing on three recent crimes, I believe we will see clearly today that those three are enough to damn this creature, heinous enough for him to accept any punishment that you may find. And that is completely disregarding the decades of torment that you all are so familiar with. Let us have justice served on this day. And he goes and sits down. The crowd goes wild, yelling and, like, cheering. And the herald bangs the gong. Justice card is, order, order. They quiet down. Statements from the defense. And he looks down at the defense table. Ezekiel Kane looks around. His companions. The beads of sweater kind of building on his hairline. He wipes off his hands and he stands up. And he says... Flora gives him a thumbs up. Nice. Honorable Justices, the good people of Leopardstead, and may it please the court. I'm glad that the prosecution brought up an important thing. This trial represents something very important. Important to all of us. Something foundational to a society. And a feeling that we should all know. Justice. I, for one, believe that the pursuit of justice is equal representation under the law. The persecution is going to try to play upon your greatest fears and dehumanize my client. They'll try to paint him as frightening, monstrous terror that has no control or empathy for any living creature. This couldn't be further from the truth. They're going to fantasize him into a creature so foul that it came into a small town, snatched up their loved ones in the middle of the night, desecrated their ancestral graveyard, and when they stood up against him, they gave him just desserts. Until now. These year-old statements are based upon nothing but conjecture and ghost stories parents tell their children to keep them going out at night. My client is not this monster. My client has a name. His name is Tim. And he might look scary, but that does not deny him the predication that he is innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, I grew up here, 
And I understand how dangerous the Dipplemere swamps can be. But there's a lot of creatures who could or would do what Tim is accused of out in them swamps. The defense intends to show that the persecution failed to consider the possibility that the suspect that they are looking for is not actually my client, but someone who's still at large. Someone who is just as monstrous, terrifying, and dastardly. In the pursuit of Abadarian neutrality, me and my traveling companions made a trip out to the scene of these crimes. With the help of the good and noble people of Morast, we were able to find real evidence to suggest that the monster that those humble people saw that night was not in fact him. And it will become clear that something about this situation smells fishy and it is more than just the swamp. Thank you. The crowd's booing. Yelling insults. Don't describe our client as monstrous, terrifying, and dastardly next time. Zeke, give me a reflex save. What? Oh, are they throwing shit at you? Reflex? Can I intercept? A reflex, please. Oh, fuck. Make me look up my saves right now? Bro, I'm on a roll. <laughs> um, okay. So 15 on the die plus... Plus uh, uh, plus eight. That's a twenty-three. All right, you you're easily able to dodge this tomato that comes flying right past your face. Objection. Cliche. <laughs> 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 Up in the stands, one of the guards is grabbing someone and like pulling them out of the audience uh, against their will for throwing the tomato, and they're like, "It's a ruckus down there." The gong goes off. Gong, gong, gong. Order! Order! They quiet down. Flora's gonna stand up and place herself behind Zeke facing the crowd instead of watching the court and glare <laughs> into the crowd. Right, Zeke, the lower half of the back of your chair is now safe. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! She can jump! <laughs> Oof. Uh, give me a perception check. Who? Me? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So I, I rolled a 16, and my perception is 420. <laughs> 420. <laughs> you, you notice Kendra's in the audience. So she's glaring into the audience, and then her face lights up, and she waves, and then she continues glaring. Uh, she doesn't wave back. Oh, f- fuck you then, Kendra. What the fuck? <laughs> she's on the prosecution side. It's kind of like she doesn't notice you. Uh, you don't get the idea that she's like being mean or anything. Uh, I think we do get that idea, John. Yeah, that was a little weird, but I'm okay with it for now. We'll talk later. <laughs> and now, the prosecution will call witnesses. And the Divian will stand up. He'll call up two Jorals <coughs> and another villager of Morass. The prosecution calls. <laughs> Double Jorals. Two Jorals and a Monty. <laughs> um, they're the two Jorals that you met, the brother and sister. I make a conscious effort to avert my eyes from uh, the Joral who's trying to bang me. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, people of Morass. If you would please tell the court your experience with the beast a year ago. And the three villagers of Morass will elect... Monty to tell his story um, and 
he will reluctantly start speaking to the courtroom. Yeah, well, uh, it was uh, just a little over a year ago, about a year and a half maybe, and maybe a year and a quarter. Maybe one quarter portion of a year. Oh God. <laughs> and all about it. <laughs> and I, I remember my little brother. He, I mean, he he was so he just turned twenty now, and he, he was out. I'm just uh, trying to catch some food to bring home, and then I, I seen I seen him uh, out outside, outside the edge of town in the dark. And this massive creature, it's just, it's just I could only see his shadow, but just snatched him right up, and he disappeared. I'd never seen him again. I heard his screams out in the woods as he got further and further away. Now, it was dark, but I, 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 knew, I knew it was the beast, man, and especially after they, they chased him down later on. They just set a trap for him, you see. Divian will say, they set a trap for him. And how did that work out? He looks over at the beast. Well, well, I guess, I guess, I, I guess it didn't work. They didn't catch him. Uh, we didn't see him again for, for well, until now. The Jorals will tell you similar stories about loved ones disappearing in the night, never being seen again, or being snatched right up out of their homes. Divian will say, you see, ladies and gentlemen, it is clear that the poor people of this village have been tortured by this creature for longer than anyone should have to endure. They've lost so many of their loved ones, watched them ripped right out from under their noses, never to be seen again. Who knows what this beast was doing with their friends, their children, their parents. Perhaps we'll never know. Perhaps they will have justice. The witnesses are yours. And uh, you're allowed to go up and ask your own questions now. Uh, Well, thank you, Divian, and I appreciate the offer. Honorable people of Morast, I, I appreciate you for coming down here and giving testimony today. It's, uh, it's a long walk, I understand that. It's a beautiful place you have down there. Can you tell me how you saw him in the dark? Uh, do, you see, do you see well at night? Well, I, I see pretty well at night. I mean, I eat, I eat, I eat a lot of carrots. <laughs> as, as do we all. It's good for your eyesight, man. <laughs> Um, it seems to me that, uh... Point of order, carrots don't actually improve eyesight. That was a uh, myth propagated by the Air Force during wartime to hide the fact that they had a radar that was picking up planes at night. <laughs> <laughs> the man speaking is in tongues! He's casting spells! <laughs> Another tomato. <laughs> as long as it's not a carrot. Uh, as long as a carrot flies out of the audience. Um, <laughs> Overrule, Moon Man talk. <laughs> it seems to me as if uh, you all are necessarily using these rumors of the beast to potentially hide actions of something that you saw that was large and dangerous. Um, 
Are there, are there other large and dangerous creatures out there in Morast? Oh, yeah, there's, uh, there's all kinds of stuff out there, man. You know, you, you get killed by so many things out in the swamp if you, if you only know what you're looking for. Uh, no further questions, Giannis. Um, excuse me, I'm not sure if this is in order or... Uh, and Stormax steps over this little railing and, and steps into the center, walks over to the defense table, and, like, puts a hand on Zeke's shoulder to kind of show solidarity. If I may... Nobody stops him. He looks around. <laughs> he says, Good, good humans... I'm sure you're aware that I'm a dwarf and I have what we call dark vision. I can see in the dark. Mr. Monty, do you have any non-human ancestry? Um, no, 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 I can't say that. Do you claim to have dark vision? I'm not not even sure what you mean by that, mister. You, You don't know what... The word dark vision is. You can't see in the dark. He's never seen his own character sheet. I mean, not in like, not in like total dark, now. Maybe you got some stars out in the moon or something, maybe. Ah, uh, so you have what, what the elves call low light vision. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not no elf, no. So you just have normal human vision. You can't necessarily see in the dark. Um, and yet you identified Tim over here. His name is Tim. Yeah, there's, every time you guys say the, the name, that he has a name and that he's Tim, like, there's like, rubber, 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 everyone's like, the crowd, like, gets all in a tiz. Uh, well, you know, um, I mean, I've seen that, you, you know any other... Big old giant dudes uh, with like weird arms and stuff that uh, you know take people in night. It's the only one I've ever seen. It was dark out there, yeah, but I mean I seen something. It look, look, kind of looked like him. Something that kind of looked okay. And Stormak just nods his head like he's like he's uh, <laughs> presented his case, and he looks at Zeke. Yeah. Sid'll pipe up for a second. This is this is Ustalov. When when something big and scary goes bump in the night, I think you guys just call that Tuesday. <laughs> it's what makes you so such hardy folk. He tries to kind of backpedal his disparagement of Ustalov. And Stormak backpedals to go stand next to Tim once again. And now no further questions, Yana's. Uh, Sid will stand up to try to kind of follow up on... Uh... Unless there's anything else <laughs> for this witness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know we all had questions. Sid, Sid was going was gonna, to, yeah, just going to just follow up on uh, uh, Stormax's question there. Joral, Joral, Monty, whichever. Um, how, how would you describe the environment in which Morast is in? I would say um, swampy. Joral's not. Swampy? And and what are some of the defining attributes of a a swamp? Well, you got you got your your mud, your water, and your bugs, and your your gators, and you got more bugs, and um, <laughs> you, know, you got your saw grass. <laughs> Anything else that might might rise up out of the water? Um, yeah, well, 
you got a lot of, a lot of snakes in the water and um, frogs and um, water crickets and yeah, like I said, gators. Do you, do you have many trees in the swamp? Trees, yeah. There's plenty of trees. Plenty of trees. Okay. Yeah, I, I was there pretty recently. It seemed like there was there's a lot of trees. Now you say that it was it was at nighttime when you saw these things happen, and claimed that it was starlight and, and moonlight that you saw by. Is that right? Well, yeah. I mean, and, and there's torches on the outside on the outskirt of town. There's a little bit of a little bit of leeway there. Okay, so you had to look past a torch Mm-mm. into the darkness under the cover of trees that may be blocking out moonlight to, to see the suspect? Well, you know, uh, yeah, I suppose so. Thank you. No, no further questions. Uh, please let the record show that our alleged eyewitness was looking past a, glow, a, a bright light source, obscuring his vision into the darkness making it more difficult to see into the dark that would not be illuminated by stars and moonlight under the canopy of the swamp. And Sid will sit back down. Nice. I would like one of you to roll diplomacy. Not it. It sounds like Zeke's our main diplomacy roller, and I think Stormac and I, and if Flora ever wants to chip in, are just aiding his rolls. At least they said something. Yeah, I'll, I'll roll to aid... But my diplomacy is just sad. No aid. Um. Yeah, I'd say you can roll, just roll to aid for joining in on that. Fourteen diplomacy. All right. So you get a plus two. Okay. And you already rolled the ones out. Yeah. Well, let's fucking hope so. I'm gonna start with the diplomacy. Here we go. We'll say to this roll. D20 is a 16 on the die, plus 8 is 24. All right. The crowd's like, rubber, 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 rubber. And you um, are finished with the witness, I imagine? Sounds like? Correct. So you will be able to call your own witness now. The defense calls Mr. Lasney to the stand. And Lasney is in the crowd the village elder of Morass. Uh, he comes up, sits on the stand. You know, the crowd's like getting louder and then quieting down again before people start talking. And uh, you have the witness. Mr. Lasney, I had heard that you had seen the accused after after a while of your people disappearing, you had set a trap for the accused. You had waiting for him to come in and you had chased him over to the uh, your ancestral graveyards. Yeah. I had heard that you had um, seen him be attacked by a blood came in by the name of Old Toothy. Does this ring a bell? Uh, yeah, 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 that, that's right, I said that, I sainted. Did you see him get bit? I believe yes I did. In your expert swamper opinion, would a bite from the blood came in named Old Toothy have left a visible mark on the accused? Uh, well, yeah, I suppose, I suppose that was a pretty nasty bite, and uh, something that big takes you down under, it's gonna do some damage, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say so. Did you uh, believe the accused 
believed him to be dead. Are you made in a beast? No, um, please refer to him by his name, Tim, if you wouldn't mind, sir. The crowd starts booing. Uh, yeah, well, they did. The big old came and took him under, and we figured that uh, it took him out. Yeah, we thought it ate him right up. Uh, but I guess not, since uh, he's uh, here today. Do you think there's a possibility that uh, that thing that you saw was not our client? Now, I don't know. It uh, looked an awful lot like him. Did you describe uh, our client as uh, six, seven, or eight feet tall when I spoke to you before? Yeah, maybe eight. Eight, nine, seven. Oh my god. He's gonna add more feet now. Tall, man. Yeah. Five, six, three, oh, nine. <laughs> <laughs> if we wouldn't submit into evidence, and as the judges can see, that uh, obviously our client is much taller than six, seven, eight, nine, five, oh, three feet tall. Yeah, I suppose you're right. He looked pretty tall when you brought him in here. We'd also like you to uh, take a gander at his right shoulder and tell me if you see a, uh, a bite that could be inflicted, in your swamper's opinion, from uh, Old Toothy. No, no, man. Don't look like he's got any bite marks there. Uh, Zeke will walk back to the table and uh, ask, uh, anybody got anything else? No. So you mean to roll on this one? Uh, yes, please. Give me a diplomacy check. Oh, God. Okay. Well, got all the ones out. Oh, no. That's a four on the die for, what, 12? All right. The witness is excused, Giannis. There'll be no cross-examination. Yeah, he starts to get up, and the judge's like, Shit, back down! Addressant! He sits back down, and uh, Addison gets up to question him. Mr. Lasney, are you uh, familiar with what sort of creature this beast even is? He'll say, well, now, now, I can't say that I am. He looks like, he looks like a couple different things. And would you have a to have any authority on what sort of healing process uh, a creature like him might have. Like, no, healing process? I mean, I don't know. Now I guess I don't really know what you're talking about. Would you say it's possible with all the strange creatures out there that perhaps he doesn't scar like you and I do, normal humans? Normal humanoids, civilized folk. Like, I mean, I, I guess I just don't know, don't, don't know enough to say one way or the other. He'll then ask Lasney to recite his story, uh, which he told you guys about them getting fed up with their people being snatched up, and then setting a trap and following the beast out, chasing him out, trying to kill him. And then old Toothy stepping in at the end. And he will roll something to you. He's like, thank you, Mr. Lasney. No further questions. Uh, and then it's the prosecution's turn to call a witness. And Odivian stands up. He says, prosecution, 
has no further witnesses. Unless uh, defense would like to call. Um, I do, Giannis. The defense calls Sidriel Azenray to the stand. Okay. Sid will kind of shuffle and sink down into the seat in the witness stands. Mr. Azenray, can you describe your relationship with magic? Um, I like it a lot. I, uh, the past several decades, I, I worked as a clerk in my mom's apothecary, uh, Berenda's Potent Potables. Um, so worked a lot with potions and tinctures and the like. Um, I, I, I was pen pals with Professor Lorimer, and he, he taught me a lot. And, and recently, I, I actually became a practitioner myself. Uh, ra- ra- rather adept, I would say. Would you consider yourself one that would know something about extracts and uh, potentially things of that magic nature? I would certainly hope so. I think my mom probably would have fired me if I didn't. So when we stumbled across this vial in the ancestral gravelands of the people of Morast, um, did you have a pretty good idea of what it was? Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain that uh, was a vial containing a potion of dark vision. Um, if, if the court wanted to check and detect magic on that, I'm sure they would pick up that, uh, that, that hint of uh, transmutation still left in the vial. With you being uh, so, spending so many decades being knowledgeable, spending around time around the library, uh, would you be able to identify what creature the Beast of Leopardstad might be? Um, I don't know that I've ever met the Beast of Leopardstad, but uh, I can tell you Tim here is, I think he's a flesh golem. And uh, would a a flesh golem need this extract? Or have any use for it? Or even the ability to produce it? Um... I, I don't know that I could speak to its ability to produce it. My guess would be no in that aspect. But it would be silly for them to do it, because they can already see in the dark. The crowd goes silent. It wouldn't do them any good. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Mr. Azenray. Um, it was brought up uh, by the prosecution earlier that uh, flesh golems might have the innate ability to heal. Is this something that um, you might know about? Uh, to, to to my understanding, flesh golems are you know kind of just like any other construct. They uh, they, they they don't have any built-in healing or ability to repair it themselves. You know, if they take damage, that should be evident. So, in your opinion, if there was a blood cayman bite from uh, Old Toothy, as we had seen him on our trip, would it be evident on the accused? Yeah, I mean, Big Toothy had some. Well, this may not be surprising to anyone, but really big teeth. I, w- I would expect there might be some kind of puncture wound. At the very least, a puncture wound. And do you see that on the accused? I do not. That's all the defense has. All right. So, why don't we get a knowledge arcana from Sidriel? Um, that is a 17. 17 total. Yep, six on the die. Cool. 
And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of murmuring in the crowd. The gong silences them. And Divian stands up to question you. Mr. Azenray, is it? Uh, Azenray, yeah. Azenray. Apologies. You seem to know a lot about magic and these magical creatures such as... What was it you called it? Uh, Tim here is a flesh golem, to the best of my understanding. Yes. And you seem knowledgeable enough when you say that it doesn't have an innate ability to heal itself. That is correct. It does not have an innate ability to heal itself. Uh, Is it not made of different parts? Perhaps... It is made of flesh, yes. Do you think it might be possible for a flesh golem such as this to replace a part that had been damaged in the past? Not on its own. But say it had help, it would be possible. We live in a world of magic. I mean, anybody could do anything with the right assistance. Like, it'd be just as easy for, say, any passerby to enlarge themselves. Easier, in fact. And furthermore, have you ever met or seen a flesh golem that was as intelligent and sentient, even so much, as the accused? I have never met a flesh golem before. Never met a flesh golem? No further questions, Your Honor. And he'll go and sit down. The crowd goes, rabble, 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 rabble. And that is where we're going to leave it off for this week. Bam. Case solved. (laughs) Roll credits. Much harder than I thought it was going to be. So then seeds doubt. Law and order sound effect. That's what the gong's for. Oh. Gong, 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 gong. <laughs>